The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I'm delighted today to interview a fellow broadcaster on Voice America who has tremendous energy, and she talks about energy, and she's really making a huge difference in the world. My guest today is Deborah Jane Wells, and, you know, she's going to talk today about how we can minimize stress and get unstuck, and everything according to empowerment coach and inspirational speaker Deborah Jane Wells, the author of Choose Your Energy, Change Your Life, really speaks to how we can help ourselves minimize that stress, and getting unstuck in general. During her 30 years as an organizational transformational consultant, Deborah served as senior partner in four of the world's most prestigious global firms. In 2005, she took a five-year sabbatical to find healing and peace because nonstop work had taken its toll. Her recovery from burnout included a sustained 80-pound weight loss and freedom from 10 years of debilitating depression. And it led her to founding her purpose, guiding others on their journeys. Through healing and self-exploration, Deborah discovered that loving yourself unconditionally is the key to transforming your personal life and your work and your world. Deborah's books, blog, and radio show right here on Voice America and coaching programs help individuals and organizations harness the transformative power of love to step into their greatness. And her website is DJW, Deborah Jane Wells, DJWLifeCoach.com. And again, her book is Change Your Energy, Change Your Life. When you fall into love with yourself, everything else falls into place. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you, Patricia. It is wonderful to be here. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's great. It's really great to have you on, you know, and, and to share and I mean, I I share so much of what you're talking about. And, you know, I have to say this. I believe in a little phrase that was in the book written by Richard Bach called Illusions. I don't know if you ever saw that book. He wrote it many, many years ago, and I was very fortunate to interview him. And I said, Richard, there's a phrase in your book that changed my life. And here's what it is. Jonathan Livingston Siegel, the seagull in the story, says this. We teach others what we need to learn for ourselves. And that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what you're doing. You were stressed or out of control in that area of your life. You took harness and you said, I'm going to do something. And, you ta- and now you're teaching other people. And I think, I think that, that just works best. What do you think, Deborah? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I, 
as a coach, you know, they say the people that find their way to you that are meant to work with you, they're either doing the work that you've been doing, they're doing the work that you're currently doing in your own life, they're doing the work you need to be doing, mm-hmm. or they're doing the work that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. So, uh, yes, it's one of those energy attracts like energy things. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's so very important. Now, your book is Choose Your Energy, Change Your Life by Hay House Balboa Press, actually recent, June of 2013. So it's a new book. And your show right here on Voice America is Choose Your Energy, Change Your Life. And that's on the Empowerment Channel on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and p.m. Mountain Time. So that's 1 p.m. and a.m. Eastern Time. And then your coaching website is djwlifecoach.com, which certainly has more information on your books and your blog and your radio show and your coaching programs. So let's start. Um, one of the things that you write about is that you had a near-death experience at birth which shaped your life path. And I want to share something before you answer that. I don't know if you watched CNN last night. Did you happen to see it? I did not. Anderson Cooper did an entire hour. It was amazing. It may have been two hours on on near-death experiences Hmm. and people who told their stories. But, I mean, these were people who died for several minutes and really went to the other side. And were given messages and saw beauty and people and God and it just, and were so peaceful and so happy. And then were told they had to come back in to this life. But it was, if you get a chance, go online. And I would say this to all listeners. It is really compelling and very, very well done. So let's talk about your near-death experience. So, you know, I had mine at birth, and candidly, I, I don't remember it consciously. But mm. part, of, part of how I came to understand the impact it had in my life, which was really only while I was writing my own book that I started to understand, is that, as I say, people who get attracted to me as a coach, you know, often it has something to do with something that's going on in my life. And so I had clients start to show up who were people who had indeed crossed over as adults, remembered it, and come, had come back. And I was now helping them to coach them through the implications for the new choices they were going to make for the second part of their life. And as I did so, I really started to think more about the fact that I had had, you know, a bona fide NDE at birth. And the fact that I had it at birth probably has something to do with the fact that I don't remember it consciously. But I started to explore what the implications were. And what I concluded was that instead of, I I was an RH factor baby born in 1954. And in those days, you couldn't assure the survival of an RH factor baby. I always say that I set my uh, I set my reputation as an overachiever by only needing one blood transfusion. Some <laughs> babies needed 26 and they still didn't make it. Um, but that instead of perceiving my survival as a blessing and a gift, I think not because I was ever told this. I, I stress that because, you know, right away people want to blame my parents. Um, but it, it, truly, they never said it. But I somehow got the idea that I had to earn my right to be here every day because, after all, I was operating on borrowed time and somebody else's blood. So interesting. Wow. And so I, and, and my life, aspects of my life started to make more sense through that lens, why I made the choices I made. And I was, 
fortunate not only did God bless me with survival, but I have very strong left and right brain and a lot of drive and a, and a lot of persistence and resilience. And so, you know, I was a classic type A overachiever. I graduated number three in a class of 600 from high school. I got a full academic scholarship to college. I finished in three years summa cum laude in math, abstract math of all things. Mm. I, you know, I, and I made partner in my first consulting firm at the age of 30-ish. And I, you know, and it, and I went on to be a senior partner in four of the world's largest professional services firms and it's like until one day you know and it didn't happen one day by the way but you know one day I show up uh, in my early 50s 80 pounds overweight morbidly obese dangerously so um, clinically depressed for 10 years in a way that no medication and no therapy was touching until I finally just said I gotta take a break and so I did I stepped away from it all stepped away from Mm. it all Mm. and what did you do during that time well Candidly, each day I tried to find a reason to go on living. I mean, it was that, I was that burned out. And that's why that lifestyle of perfectionism, I'm actually just starting writing my second book on perfectionism and burnout because, honey, it's no joke. And it has nothing to do with the pursuit of excellence. Perfectionism is fueled by fear. Excellence is fueled by love. And so in that time, I just got away from the habits and the cycle. And the first step that's sort of the conscious one that I can see after the getting away was I started to immerse myself in creative endeavors. I had gone to art school every summer until I was 16. I've been singing since I was two and a half, but I went back into a lot of the physical art forms and creativity really started to heal me. I did work with Julia Cameron's books on the artist's Mm -hmm. way. And I actually, I actually facilitated creative discovery and recovery groups using Mm -hmm. her works. And that was one of my first steps. And And that was healing to you as well as to the other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Did and you, during this time, Deborah, did you go for therapy? Did you go for help? No, not because I'd had plenty of therapy. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'd had, and it's not like I hadn't gotten any help through therapy, but there was more work to do. And what ended up happening is, even though I was doing all this creative stuff, I was teaching pottery for the city of Aurora where I live. I was, you know, I was doing this stuff. I was, I had a small arts business and while it wasn't turning a profit, I was, you know, I was trying, but you know, it's hard in this economy. And I was, you know, but I was doing stuff I cared about. I was teaching others about the joy of creativity. And then my husband went off to Washington DC for what was supposed to be a three month gig. Um, he had, he had, been home raising his our son who went off to college and then tried to get back into the workforce and ended up in Washington for three months. It turned into three years. And for the first time in my life, I was living alone with no one else's needs to distract me but my own. And that was when I finally got the insight that said, you know, honey, you are going to sink or swim on your own merits here. Are you finally going to take care of the one person you've never taken care of your entire life? And that's when the light began to dawn. And it started with a physical transformation. I got my eating and my exercise back in control because I was actually anorexic at 19. So it, proving once again that if you have a screwy relationship with food, you can take it in both directions. Um, but it's still not going to fix what you're trying to fix. Mm-hmm. But I went from the physical transformation into understanding there were much deeper insights that, that one, if I fed all of my senses in a balanced way, no one of them was going to take over trying to fill voids it couldn't fill. And that two, it wasn't just about external senses. It was about the four internal senses of creativity and spirituality and vitality and belonging through which I imbue my experience with meaning. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, 
how long would you say this journey took? I mean, I know you're still evolving, but you're definitely writing now and teaching. But how long did it really take you to feel more whole and complete on your own? Probably five years. I mean, five years from the time when I stepped away from the hamster wheel life I had created out of consulting. And, but I hadn't just done it with consulting. I'd done it with everything in my life. Um, and, and really started to find it was 2009 when I finally, my husband went off to Washington, and I finally started to do the physical transformation and then within a few months of starting that, I was probably 40 pounds in. I lost the 80 pounds, I think, in nine months, as I recall, mm-hmm. um, nine or ten months. And so I lost it pretty steadily and in a healthy way. Now, the fear was I'd become anorexic again. I didn't because I set my intention. That wasn't what this one was about. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, took, it took a while. But it, but it took me a while till I really understood that it was all about my relationship with myself. I kept looking out. I was still, even with the creativity stuff, I think it helped me, helped me heal. But I was still looking outside of me for the answer. And really yeah. the answer I found, you know, I, I had early on, I would say, discover the love of your life, you. That, that when you fall in love with yourself, when, it, when it, it feels like that kind of relationship, everything else really does start to fall into place it all starts to make sense the choices are easier your other relationships are better people say to me oh you know that's self-absorbed narcissism i'm saying no 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 it's the antithesis of that everybody's gonna like you more when you like you more (laughs) yeah Um, um but how do you help somebody who's really having trouble getting through the jealousy the anger the resentment to move to that place of self-love because you can't have self-love if you don't have self-forgiveness. Yeah. Well, and I think there are, it depends on the individual, of course. And that said, you know, here are, here are a couple of insights. I think that there is a big difference between taking responsibility and shaming yourself or blaming others. So one of the big shifts that happens is that when we move from, from, and in fact, I talk about the power of curiosity. When I move from judging energy to curiosity energy to really being the sort of neutral, I wonder why. Mm. And I can use that to both look at my own role and the other's roles because it's not like the others don't have any responsibility. They do. But part of what happens is that when I'm able to sort of what I call balance the books, which is claim the part of responsibility, not shame, that is mine, that is truly my stuff to work with, and, re- and, and identify accurately the part of responsibility that belongs to the others, you, my mother, my, you know, my aunt, my cousin, my husband, my ex, my, you know, whatever, and really say I release them with love and light. That's theirs to work with. No matter mm-hmm. how much time I spend obsessing over it, I'm not going to change what's going on for them. All I'm going to do is re-injure myself as I keep rehashing all of this stuff. And let yeah. me sit with the part that is mine and get curious about what are my limiting beliefs. What, if, you know, what perceptions do I have of what's going on here that, well, maybe that's one interpretation, but what other interpretations are there? Because the truth is in there. The truth mm-hmm. is in there somewhere. But I also think, too, Deborah, and I'm sure you teach this, people have to want to let go of that because there, there is there's a reward and an attachment 
for us to hang on to that anger and resentment because the yin, you can be wrong. The other person can be the bad guy. Yeah. Well, that's how now, you escape responsibility. Exactly. And then you're never peaceful and happy. Yep. And, and so that you're right because it really ha- – people say to me all the time – I have this on my website, in fact. You know, there are only so many hours in the day. How do you decide what clients you're going to work with? And the answer is they have to really want to do this work. I mean, we have to be a good fit energetically, chemically, personality, style, you know, all of that. But the bottom line is you've got to want to take the journey. You've got to get to the point where the pain of living in the pit you've created for yourself too great. is greater than your fear of not knowing what it will feel like to live outside the pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I say, you know, and often for those of us who are bright and driven, we have to be completely broken down and broken open before we get it because we can do so much by sheer force of will. Mm -hmm. We can make things, we think, you know, we can make Mm -hmm. things happen. You know, for me, I think I literally had to be completely broken down and stopped dead in my tracks. And then I had to flop around there in the pigsty for a while before I finally said, I have the power, you know, there's some, some... You know, and for me, that's God. Some glimmer of God within me said, you have the power to escape this if you just love yourself enough to take the journey. You know, I want to share something personal. But in here, you have, in your book, you have a lesson of the oxygen mask, which helps us get past those limiting beliefs, you know, that uh, falling in your love means you're narcissistic and that you can't do that. And and what I'm going to share, and I'm sure I'm not alone, I'm pretty self-aware, so that's good. However... When those negative voices come into me, you know, when, when I might lose a client because they can't, for whatever reason, particularly when you're in media, you know, in any kind of advertising or marketing situation, you're going to gain clients and lose them, not because of your work, but because people move on and do other things, or they don't have the, their marketing dollars go first. But when those things happen to me, and then I get into this, oh, will I replace it, and will I be okay? Yeah. There is that voice that will go in and will get so loud and will scream at me so loud that if I listen long enough, I'm reduced to this little person who isn't doing anything well and not even not even successful. Now, we know how false that is, but when that voice comes in, it's very powerful. And it can take me hours to finally say, stop it, stop it, I'm going to look at what's real. So yeah. address that, because I know if I deal with this, and I'm, I'm pretty aware, you know, what are we all dealing with here? Well, I call that, those voices, the gremlin voices. And you've touched on one of the most complex, but most powerful constructs I talk about in my book. And I talk about each of us having a personal board of directors. And again, this is not some set of people outside of you who are trusted advisors. This is all within you. It's really a construct for talking about all the different energies within you, all the different skills and capabilities and competencies. And so when that happens, what I say is one of your three board members, and we each have a sage, a guardian, and a muse – who, when they're fueled by love and light, if you've ever worked with a board of directors that was functional, you know it's a wonderful, delightful thing. And if you've ever worked with a dysfunctional board, you know how truly hellish it can be. And so when they're fueled by love and light, they're collaborative, they're mutually respectful, all of your competencies are being brought to bear in any given moment, like one of those single-lever water faucets, it perfectly mixes water to the right temperature. 
It doesn't say, oh, I don't want that much hot water right now, mm. even though that's what I need. It just does it. But when you're bored, one or more of them gets fueled by fear, then the party begins. And it's a downhill slide from there. Mm. And so that's that voice, that voice that because they're well-intentioned, but like anyone is well-intentioned but fueled by fear, you get a very different result. And so they think, ooh, danger, you know, that's what they're hearing, danger, you know, we've lost, mm-hmm. we've lost money, let's use money as the example, money went out the door, we don't know how it's going to come back, what if we're not strong enough to build it, what if we're not going to be okay, and, right. and because it, those voices get formed so early in life, they res- revert to what they understood safe to look like, and for exactly. many of us as children, it, safe looks like small. Yeah, yeah and I like want to tell small. you, and that, that you, hit, you hit upon that for me, that's really underneath that whole thing for me. If you, if you went way underneath to the bottom of the well, the word I would pull up is safety. Yeah. It's a fear of not being safe. It's a fear of being somewhere thrown out there in the street yeah. with the little bag thrown yeah. over your shoulder. And, you know, although it's very dramatic and extreme, it's a primal fear. Oh, it is. It's primal. And, and, it's, and so... One, what I do is I teach people how to get in relationship and dialogue with their board members. I will have board, I'll say board meeting, you know, as soon as I get, as soon as I notice that the wackiness is going on in whatever form I call a board meeting, you know, I stop and it's like, okay, first of all, which of you is fueling this message? And sometimes they're in cahoots because they all get freaked out by something. Once one of them gets freaked out, they tend to pull the others out of alignment. And it's like just stopping and, and that's where things like having my affirmations, having my yes. truths, I, I talk about, I know yeah. we only have a few minutes left today, but I talk about this five-part mindset for living in flow. And for me, I go to my toolkit and I say, okay, let me see if I can figure out which part of my truth I've forgotten for the moment and let me see if I can restore it and get out of the land of illusion and fear. And just bring myself back to sort of be fully here now, know that I am enough, to live the truth. And for me, you know, the truth is God is God, I am God's, and love is the greatest power in the universe, no matter what it looks like right now. And then just commit to the highest good. I don't have to have a detailed five-minute increment, 87,000-point plan for what I'm going to do. Just commit to the highest good and stay open, wide open. Yeah, and that's one of the things that has worked for me is I will say, okay, higher power God, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is my calling. So if you want me to do it, then you've got to help me here. And within within a day, something will open up, Deborah. Yeah. Well, and within sometimes... A day, Sometimes all that opens up is peace with all of it. So, yeah, so, so yeah. That, next, that next step for me is to express gratitude, to express yeah, gratitude now, for all that is, including me and where I am on my journey, and then just trust God with the details. And how about the curiosity? You talk about replacing judging with curiosity to make life more fulfilling and more fun. Well, and, I, and we, we touched on that a little bit. It was the... After I got the love thing, and I was trying to figure out, well, in each, you know, love's kind of a nebulous term. How, how do I know what love looks like in any moment? And it was that I found that if I could neutralize the judge, which is that voice that's screaming in your head, by the way, um, and say, let me get curious here instead. Let me not assume I know what her motivation is, what, what my situation is. Let me go in instead and wonder where the opportunity is, because I do truly believe 
everything's an opportunity. And that is not spoken as a woman who lived a Pollyanna-ish life who never had pain. I had all kinds of painful stuff I did to myself and put myself through and others participated in. But I can absolutely look back now with what I call the God's eye view and see how it's all being woven together now. Mm-hmm. I talk about, again in your book, you talk about how motivation matters. When you say motivation, do you mean the energy? Yeah. So the nature of the energy underneath whatever you're thinking or thinking about doing, you know, clients will come to me and say, oh, you know, I have these three options. I don't know which one to take. You know, which one do you think I should take, Deborah? And, of course, I'm not going to fall for that. Um, and I say, okay, let's, let's talk about each of the three and let's figure out, is there love underneath your energy for them or fear? And if there's fear It doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it. It means let's go look at the fear, see if we can transform that energy back to love, and then let's see where we sit with it. Mm. So Mm. motivation makes all the difference. I can do – that's why I can – if, if I look like the most charitable person on earth because I'm constantly giving away money and time and things and whatever and sacrificing myself for everyone, it sounds like the perfectionist you know, nightmare. But if what's fueling that is a sense of unworthiness myself and the only way I can feel like I matter is that other people applaud me and say, look at her, isn't she wonderful? Then, honey, that's a very different thing yeah. than me giving from a spirit of generosity and yes, no absolutely. self-neediness. Wow. All right, we're going to have to close, so let's spend a little time on letting people know about the resources to find you. You have your book, Choose Your Energy, Change Your Life, by Hay House Balboa Press, which was just published six months ago in June of 2013. Wonderful book, I have it. Um, Your radio show right here on Voice America, which is Choose Your Energy, Change Your Life, which is on the Voice America's Empowerment Channel, on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Mountain Time. And then if people would like more information on your blog and your coaching programs, they can log on to djwlifecoach.com. Does that cover it, Deborah? That covers it all. That's perfect. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? If they get one thing out of this interview, what would you like them to know? Life is filled with hope and possibilities. And that journey begins with loving yourself unconditionally. You can, you can transform all those unexplored possibilities into fulfilling realities when you learn how to choose love as your core energy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. It sounds very simple. But it's not a simple task, is it? It is, it is easy to subs- describe Mm. And it is a lifetime in the doing. Mm. It is a lifetime in the doing. Mm. All right. And again, your book, can people get it on Amazon or they on your get website? It, they can get it everywhere. You can get, you, if you go to my website and go to the book tab, it'll have the links to the most common places. But if you've got an online bookseller you love, um, you can walk into a bricks and mortar store and ask them to order it for you. You can go to any, pretty much any site and get it. All right. Choose your energy. Change your life. And the subtitle is When You Fall in Love with Yourself, Everything Else Falls into Place by Deborah Jane Wells. Deborah, it was really a joy to have you on this program. Thank you, Patricia. I so appreciate it. Yeah, it really was. All right, stay on the line for a minute. Okay, folks, this wraps up this segment of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. 
I have several other radio programs. You can find out about them by logging on to my website, which is patriciaraskin.com. And you can write to me, patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Oh,